Welcome to Chatting with Feta Comply. I'm your host, Logan Wolf, and today I'm joined by my good friend, Scott Jacobson. Hey, howdy, hey, it's me. And nobody else, because <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we just... <laughs> so, nah. so, another Scott and <laughs> Logan episode today. Uh... <laughs> so you know Sorry. it's an instant classic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about, um, actually, guilt in video games. Why do some games work? Uh, and specifically, we're talking about the game making the player feel guilty. Not like a character feels guilt because they did something, but the player's like, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. I can sympathize, but I don't feel guilty myself. No, we're talking about when the game tries to make you, yeah. the player, feel guilty. Uh, we're going to talk about some examples that don't work, and we're going to talk about some examples that do work. Um, <laughs> and to start off, because we can't stop fucking talking about this game, because uh, <laughs> we keep threatening to talk about it. We're actually, it's also just a good example. Um, uh, we're going to start off with our first, um, at least in our opinions, ow, bad example of uh, a game or sorry not a bad example an example of a game that tries to make the player feel guilty but in our opinion fails at it and that is the last of us part two <laughs> it's a very recent example at the very least yes probably the most, most pro- yeah. prominent mm-hmm. recent example in memory yes. yep absolutely i agree um oh my goodness gracious uh if you want i'm just gonna say this right now because we're gonna kind of be skimming most of it we're kind of just gonna give our examples if you want like a super in-depth analysis of the last of us part two we have a fucking three-hour podcast on that so give that a also, look real quick <laughs> yeah yeah no d- yeah definitely that also <laughs> we're, because of the nature of what we're talking about here oh, with these gosh. games and yeah <laughs> we're gonna have we're not gonna get super deep into things but we have to talk about and give context for moments in games, why, what they do to try and make the player feel guilty. Oh, absolutely. And naturally, that means we're going to be talking about plot developments in Last of Us Part Two, but also several games we'll bring up down the line. So if you hear us name drop a, a game, we'll give you a five second pause to just click out and just do something else. If that's not something <laughs> you want to hear about the, the plot of that game. So just keep your finger on the get out key if you if you haven't if you haven't noticed there is a pattern to scott and logan episodes and the pattern is each episode title the very first word in big beautiful letters is spoilers (laughs) that's how you know it's just us (laughs) yeah yeah. if it says spoilers in the title like in big bull or in big capital letters it's just logan and scott like that's all it is (laughs) So we can't fucking help ourselves. Um, <laughs> Logan might put some games in the description that we talk about, but that's his prerogative, not mine. And I don't even know if he'll do it. So I don't yeah, even know don't, if that's valid. I don't know either. That's mostly a, just that, a suggestion for him live in the moment, putting him on the a, spot, making feel, that, making him feel guilty for not doing that before. You know what? That's, that's okay. a that's a that is a question for future Logan. <laughs> he's he's not here that. right now. Yeah, yes, <laughs> we're <laughs> stuck with present with Logan. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. So let's kick things <laughs> off. <laughs> so yeah, uh, with the last is part two. Uh, the whole spoilers, by the way. Yeah, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> the... <laughs> the whole, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna say this. I feel like the whole game tries to make you feel 
guilty as a player, except for maybe like the first two hours, maybe. But um, I would argue that's in service of later making the player feel guilty in yes. somehow. Yeah. So, that, that I would yeah. agree that that's uh, like the general, <laughs> maybe not thesis, but intent of the game. Yes. Um, because the entirety of Ellie's can, and this is, by the way, this is like a friggin' 20 hour game. Just to let you know, this is what happens for like 18 hours of it. Um, <laughs> the first half is Ellie's half and uh, the way it tries to make you feel guilty is you're going to hunt down people um, that killed you. And again, we said spoilers already, but that killed you. Uh, that killed Joel, your uh, uh, father figure. Um, really care about him, all that other kind of jazz. Main um, character of the first game. Kind of a big yes. deal. Yeah, kind of a big deal. And Ellie's campaign is hunting these people down. Um, not everyone necessarily even agrees with you. Uh, even some of your companions, like they help you because they want to help you, not because they necessarily agree with you. So that's kind of already like starting on that. Um, but everything that Ellie does um, in this quest for revenge uh, is framed as a bad thing, which on its own, not like that, like not a bad thing. You know, revenge bad is as simple as it is revenge yes bad violence begets more violence and all that kind of jazz um but the thing that really and that would be fine like if the game's trying to make you feel guilty for that and that was it like you're just kind of becoming more of a revenge obsessed monster throughout the game like that would be fine that would be like it might not be you know the most effective way to make a player feel guilty but you know it would be serviceable but the problem lies for me and why it really well, I don't feel bad anyway, because they didn't kill Joel in a nice way either. They friggin' tortured him to death. So, you know, let's kind of like immediately just like, fuck these people. They're dead. Um, and I don't care. But the real problem for me comes when you switch to Abby and every single thing in Abby's campaign paints her in a good light and all of her friends in a good light and it's just like cool you're very obviously trying to manipulate me it, it, the mani- blah, blah, blah. the emotional manipulation especially in the second half of the game is very blatant and very obvious and that really kills any uh it kills any uh, what's the word i'm looking for scott kills any uh, that's what I'm looking More for. More characters? <laughs> <laughs> it kills any, like, built-up, like, uh, guilt that I might have felt that I didn't really even... Because, El- honest to God, Ellie's campaign, I don't think he itself was that effective at building up guilt. But any that I potentially could have had, Abby's completely destroys it. Um, that's, that's what it is mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So, well, I, I, yeah, what, what, I, I agree. You? <laughs> well, yeah, it, you you make a good point. There, at no point in The Last of Us Part Two is it ever even sort of suggested that what Ellie is doing has any real moral grounding. Yeah, like, it's right up front. Yeah. The characters are talking about how you know is it even worth it? Well, you know, doing this. We know you cared about Joel, but you know, we got you know you have other people to be looking after. Again and in a story is fine. I do not have mm-hmm. a problem with that. Yeah. That that can be fine. Mm-hmm. But 
but uh, sorry, yeah, go on. So I just wanted to yeah. clarify. We don't think that that itself is the problem. That can be fine, but it's what comes after. <laughs> yeah. Or and in, in some way during because oh, yes, Last yes, of Us yes, Part yes. Two has is a nonlinear story. Yeah. And so you go Unfortunate. through. Unfortunately, yes, it's not to the game's benefit. <laughs> you play as Ellie and you kill all of these characters that helped kill Joel. And then yeah. in the second, I guess, act of the game, I don't, yeah. I don't know if it counts as an act technically. I guess. You <laughs> basically are with those characters until their dying moments. Yeah. The, the four days that Ellie spends in Seattle killing people, you then play through again from the perspective of Abby and her friend of murderers or friend yeah. gang of murderers. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where things start to slip a bit because we spent time with these characters and have them, their personalities built up, you know, built up in quotes, IMO, yeah. don't at me or at <laughs> me, I don't care. But then, you know, this is after having already killed them. Yeah. In Abby's and in Ellie's campaign. And so then the question is, is it, the guilt just doesn't really resonate when all of the next this portion of the game is like what six eight hours long oh my spending time with these characters already killed yeah i think emotionally manipulative is the phrasing there because it's not like it's like they're dead what do you want me to do yeah literally the purpose of this arc or this act it it is my (laughs) firm belief the only purpose of it is to make you feel guilty for having already killed these people. Yeah. And now that's the basis of guilt. Yeah, it's after the fact. I understand yeah. that. But, but it's just not... Do it. <laughs> there are ways to string it along and ways we'll talk about in other games, but it's oh, just yeah. when you constantly confront the player with the fact that what you're doing will make you feel guilty later, yeah. then there's no guilty later because you've just framed it all really bad. And then it, that this comes to a head in the ending which tries to spin a sort of horrified realization in which Ellie has a very good chance to kill Abby, the person who killed Joel. She comes very close. She don't do it. And then she just lets Abby go. And I think it's pretty clear. The moment is supposed to have this crux of what have I become? Like I'm about to just, I'm about to continue this cycle of violence. Oh goodness me. Very sort of an attempt to be really raw about it. But that's been the point of the game, the whole game. You can't spin a horrified realization out of what has been 20 hours of the same thing happening again and again. I don't feel guilty for anything because additionally, like it's one thing for it to already happen and for already be like, no, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. But it wasn't like the player in the last of us part two gets a, like a role in what happens. I don't know if you, felt this Logan, but I didn't feel like I was out of my actions. I actually caused those deaths because it was basically cutscenes in which the characters I'm supposed to feel bad for, they died. Like the game yeah. basically killed them for me. I don't know if you felt the same way. Oh yeah. Because the, the, but also because I just want to point out um, in order to feel guilt about an action you took, for instance, Ellie killing her friends or whatever, you have to first feel bad about it in some way. Mm-hmm. But the way they executed it in The Last of Us Part 2 is they did a horrific shit. Uh, they did a horrific thing to a beloved character. So any sympathy I have for those people is immediately out the door and I'm already loading my shotgun with malicious intent. I do not mm-hmm. care what happens to these people. When they die, I feel joy. 
So you trying to manipulate me into feeling bad afterwards, be like, oh, these people had a family. It's just like, cool. So did Joel. So did <laughs> Ellie. So does yeah. literally everyone else. That's not mm-hmm. cool. They're human beings too. Yes. Everyone's a human being. I'm not a, I'm not an, a malleable idiot. You can fuck off with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially Joel, who we've spent, you know, 15 to 20 hours with in the first Last of Us. Yeah. And now it just, that it just feels super reductive of that. And the guilt just doesn't get off the ground. It, no, it never got off the ground for me. I never felt bad oh. once. And then they try and manipulate me after the fact, which, again, is really not effective because they're already mm-hmm. dead. So you're like, cool, these characters are already dead. Cool, they had a life. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, which is something that's been clear since the very beginning. And so yeah. it's just like, hey, by the way, this, okay. Like, you right. told me this like 30 times on the drive over here. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but hear me out. Hear me out. This. You see, there you're doing it again. <laughs> you know what? By the 32nd time, I really resonate with what you're saying. <laughs> you just oh, had to get shit. me. Yeah. Oh, dang oh it. no. Oh, my oh, goodness. man. Yeah. What have I done? So that's our that's 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 our whole thing with the Last of Us Part Two, where um, I I think it fails to establish guilt in the first place, and then after that, it's very very blatant emotional manipulation. And you know, in order to get guilt out of someone, you do have to manipulate. Oh my God, manipulate Manipulate their emotions. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> in some way, but when you know, it's like, it's, it's weird because the other games that we're going to talk about are also manipulating you in a very similar way, but like, it's the same tactics, but the way they execute it is very different and you don't get the feeling of, I, I feel like the difference is this is the story trying to do this not this is the director or story writer of the game trying to make me feel bad like i'm sorry i don't know if that i don't know if that is explained very well i'm trying to it's really hard to put i I don't know do you have a better way to phrase that scott (laughs) well i think a thing that we we will touch on with the games we talk about and is somewhat failed by the last of us part two is remembering that, you know, as a game, you need to really implicate the player and what yeah. they did. And there's a disconnect in The Last of Us Part Two specifically between what the game is trying to make you feel guilty for and what you actually do in the game. Yeah. Like, it, I've, we talked about this in the three-hour podcast, yeah. but the... the, the thing that's always kind of damned the last of us series is focusing so hard on the violence and the killing that takes place in cutscenes, yeah and then ignoring everything <laughs> in the gameplay yes you don't have to play the last of us part two because nothing that you play in the last of us part two will actually enrich or bounce off the story at all it's and true because <laughs> all of the people that die that they really want you to focus on and feel bad about killing it happens in cutscenes. Cut yeah. The closest thing they you might throw up, you know, the red card. Like, excuse me, foul. You can mash. You mash square. Like, you can not do anything, and then you know your character will just die. You have to mash square to kill them, 
or you'll just sit that's there not forever. the gameplay though that's just pressing a button again and again and again yeah whereas the base gameplay of sneaking around stabbing people in the throat killing their <laughs> dog and then making them watch that's that might have been just me there's like there's that's not taken into account the guilt that ellie experiences is just in stuff in cutscenes that we watch instead of what we do and i think that's one of the big issues that some of the games we'll talk about really focus on is how they implicate what the player does and how that's been framed which is tricky because yeah. you don't want to it's, it's proof positive that you don't need you don't tell them you don't tell them hey feel guilty you gotta know <clears throat> that this yeah. is gonna make them feel guilty and it's a tricky yeah. balance it is but it's one that uh one that doesn't pay off if you don't get it right oh yeah uh also, I just to add on to the disconnect in The Last of Us Part Two, just because LT, LT, Jesus Christ, <laughs> LT, yeah, just because Ellie feels bad about, for instance, I don't even remember her name, but like beating that one lady with a pipe, just because she feels bad about it, doesn't mean I wasn't sitting there the whole time going like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that stupid bitch. Uh, and then yours is a special perspective, maybe Logan, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey man she said literally five minutes before that moment yeah i remember your dad i remember when he yeah. squealed like a bitch when we killed no, him yeah. like oh cool <laughs> i'm gonna no, kill had... you with the lead pipe <laughs> yeah she had things coming she really did kind of forfeit the gun death she could have had <laughs> yeah. drag us out of it <laughs> it's like go you've chosen violence excellent i'm just so glad uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of why we think, um, unless I, I, I don't know, do you have anything else to add to that? Cause I think we're pretty solid on why it that, doesn't work. Yeah. I think we're good to transition. Cool. So we're going to actually transition to a game that does work. That actually does. Um, I guess you could say a very similar thing to what the last of us part two does, but actually works. Now mm-hmm. there's, there's arguments to be made in the same vein um why this game like shouldn't work for the same reason as the last of us part two but i it's the whole thing with guilt too especially in video games is you have to be kind of lenient and willing to kind of accept what the game is trying to tell you and if you're just like oh no but it's just a game though this is you know it's forcing me to do this well then everything is doesn't matter and everything you don't have to feel guilty about anything all this other kind of jazz so it's it's a it's a hard balance but the game has to win you over for you to be like okay i accept what you're trying to tell me and i actually feel what you're trying to make me feel sorry there's also context to think of there's context yes exactly and how Um, you frame it and how you yes maybe subvert in a way but sorry continue well no i was just gonna say we're gonna talk about spec ops the line so five seconds for the pause yep Uh, (laughs) but yeah we're gonna be talking about spec ops the line and yeah i was about to say yeah there's no real way we can talk about this game without spoiling a lot of like the major major plot twists or not even twists but moments sorry it's not even a twist really it's uh there's a couple of twists but it's kind of a bigger moment we'll talk about it yeah um i'm just gonna say this right now in case you ignored our spoiler (laughs) five seconds spoiler stopping (laughs) genuinely 
play spec ops the line for yourself like it's honestly an experience that you have you can't just hear someone talk about it and if you hear someone talk about it it kind of ruins it (laughs) somewhat yeah because just if if, just go play it if you have the ability Mm -hmm. to please yeah It, Um, it should be available through backwards compatibility on xbox platforms and it is available on PlayStation now on PlayStation. If you don't have access to a PS3 or Xbox 360, which is what the game released for, yeah. those are the best modern ways to play. I think it's also on PC. It is on PC. Yes, it is on Steam. Uh, so that you, is how I played it. Yes. So you yeah. play it through Steam as well. Very much on but Steam. Yes. There are definitely venues <laughs> to play it through. And please avail yourself of one of them because it is yes. a very, it's a very good game. Very, very good game. Yes. And we're going to dissect it and ruin it for you right now. Let's go. Yeah. So. Please don't ruin it for yourself. Please. <laughs> okay. So, Spec Ops The Line. Uh, I don't know. How do we want to start this off, actually? Do we want to just... You know what, Scott? I'm going to let you take the lead on this because I'm not sure where we want to start. So, I'm going to let you decide. Right. <laughs> well, I suppose that the first place we could start is just the context. Because yeah. Spec Ops The Line does not do what The Last <clears throat> of Us Part 2 does. It immediately drops a bucket of dark emo on you. Yeah, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, Spec Ops: The Line starts very much like a commercial running gun shooter type of deal. Yeah, you play as Sergeant Walker, or is it Captain Walker? Captain, Captain Walker. Captain Walker. Yes, Captain. Captain Nolan North, and his. Oh, I don't remember his names of his associates. Do you like his Lieutenant spot? Lugo and Sergeant Adams? Lugo and Adams. All right. Yeah, Lugo. And you Adams. three are. Uh, <clears throat> there we go. You are. Basically, sent on a... operators. Yes. Yes. You are Sorry. on a mission in Dubai. Yes. There was a Colonel Conrad. Yes. Who had a, a mission of his own in the city, but has since basically gone dark. Conrad uh, being a sort of men, it's implied to be kind of a mentor for Walker. By the way, um, the reason the whole the context with Colonel Conrad is there was a giant like sandstorm in Dubai, and he was in charge of uh evacuating dubai but yeah then everything he, he, yeah then he went dark that was his mm-hmm. mission was to evacuate dubai because dubai got fucked by a sandstorm yep continue <laughs> and and so that's basically the plot for the first act or so of the game it's very much uh patriotic uh hoorah military shooter where you I'm just kind of go in and shoot everything. An American, where really? At least I know I'm free. <laughs> yeah. No, the main menu is literally, uh, I believe it's the Star Spangled Banner being played over the, an American flag that's just overseeing Dubai. Yeah. And it's it very is. much feeding into the sort of macho fantasy that was, uh, it's not so much these days. It's kind of coming back because people kind of are taking things for granted a bit. But yeah. definitely in the early 2010s, this very, I guess loose attitude towards national politics approach that first person shooters had uh, where it's all very, it's all very sus. It was all very, very call of duty esque, like very yeah. call of duty. So very much going into a foreign country, <clears throat> yeah. shitting it up and then America <laughs> wins. And then America. <laughs> and that's yeah. what, that's what the spec ops, the line story begins like. But that's not how it ends. And that's not no. how it middles even. No. But it does beginning that way. <laughs> yes. But as you as you play along, you start fighting more rogue American agents. And things start to sort of... Maybe it's not that 
Conrad and his men were, you know, pinned down by some enemy or some sort, there's something that's gone wrong. They're attacking you. Yeah. Something, there's so, definitely a disconnect there. So there's refugees, like, in the beginning, or uh, more natives. So that also kind of goes into the more Call of Duty-esque, where it's like, oh, you're an American, you're going in and you're shooting all these foreigners because these foreigners don't like you and they're shooting at you, so you got to shoot them first. And mm-hmm. uh, and then it very quickly, um, <laughs> all of a sudden, you're not fighting foreigners anymore. You're fighting Americans, like American soldiers, like, you know, being Delta Force operators, your brothers in arms. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're fighting them. And uh, sorry, I, I interrupted you, Scott. Please go on. <laughs> no, no, thank you for uh, tightening up what I said. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you, you're fighting, you get deeper and deeper into what is become very obviously enemy <gasps> territory, at least towards you. <clears throat> yes. Uh, but then it, it starts to blur line of who's actually starting these engagements. And it all yes. comes to uh, a you well because you are seeing uh, civilians also running around <clears throat> yeah and, and this all kind of comes to a head in the defining moment of the story the <clears throat> white phosphorus scene oh hold up hold up hold up, hold up. let me unless sorry, there's something just, you want to touch on before that. i just want to touch on one thing real quick uh <clears throat> in terms of the fighting the americans thing there's obviously the group of the soldiers or the battalion is called the damn 33rd they're the battalion that was under Conrad's command, but there's also, and I'm pretty sure you figured this out <clears throat> earlier on, because I'm pretty sure one of them was captured. The CIA is also there, and they're working with the refugees, or the native people. Like, you see CIA agents, or not agents, but or yeah, no, agents, um, <clears throat> and they're talking with the refugees and whatnot, and they're going with them so immediately you're kind of like okay the cia is working with these people but then there's also the other americans that they're fighting what the hell is going on you know it's Mm -hmm. the same side fighting each other like okay well what the hell do we do (laughs) and it's very much just it kind of devolves into okay both sides are trying to kill us so we just need to try and survive and figure out what the hell is going on yeah pretty much just boils down to that we're just fighting our way out yeah Fighting our way like in. five six hours fighting our fighting way, in, way fighting in. Our way out yeah. <laughs> yeah fighting our way to conrad because he's maybe in trouble yeah it's just non-stop fighting and killing for mm-hmm. a few hours ultimately reaching the white phosphorus scene this yes. is the big scene <clears throat> this is the big moment so if you've stuck around one. when you shouldn't have uh oh wait no i'm gonna tell mother you best get to bed <laughs> now child but this is really where the sort of senselessness of the killing comes into full focus yeah. You gain access to white phosphorus and you use it through an interface that's, if you've ever played Call of Duty Modern Warfare, it's very reminiscent of the AC-130 sequence. Hold on. Which, I just, before, in before, which Logan holds on. Yeah, sorry. I just want to also point out that this entire game, um, or not this entire game, but the only reason that you're using white phosphorus in the first place is because there's literally like a platoon of soldiers and like a big base that's super well guarded um and walker the person you're playing as decides to use it even though both of his men i'm pretty sure are like okay he's, they're like captain this is white phosphorus like they say you know this is fucked up like this shit is awful like it's terrible i don't know if we should do this and walker's like no we have to do this because there's no other way and that's <clears throat> something that 
I mean, being in the person in charge, he has to make these decisions. But that's something that you uh, that Walker is pretty consistent on is that he's willing to do these sort of things to accomplish the mission. Um, but yes, because Adams, uh, I don't remember if Lugo does specifically. I think Lugo might have sided with you just because he also doesn't really see a way out. But Adams definitely protested. So again, unlike in you know some Call of Duty games, your whole squad is not like just like okay we're gonna do it like there are protests about what's happening mostly from your two companions rather from than walker himself mm-hmm. so that's another thing it's not very there's not a lot of total cohesion in terms of the plan and what we should do and the morality of what should be happening yeah Scott, you may continue. not even <laughs> register that in the moment yeah, yes in the moment yeah no oh i didn't yeah <laughs> i didn't yeah <laughs> Because, you know, you might think like, oh, yeah, you know, we understand as soldiers, this is not the type of weapon that we can be using. We're going to go to the principal's office. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you this... may not think about it in the moment. But at the same time, you're you've still... been doing nothing but fighting and it's getting worse. I was going to say, I, I feel so... like you're still kind of in the Call of Duty honeymoon phase at this point in the game still. Like right before this point, I feel like you're still like it's kind of getting away from that, you know? But you as the player, I feel like are still pretty like in that, like, okay, you know, it's, it's changing up a bit, but I'm still in like, yeah, pew, 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 all this other kind yeah. of stuff. You're still kind of in that, you're still kind of in that kind of mood. So yeah, <laughs> it's clear something's wrong, but yeah. it's shooting still seems like a valid answer. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, we're going to keep going, see where this goes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. The yes. you use the white phosphorus, and it's yes. uh, I, I bring this up, I'm touch on it later. A very similar interface to the AC 130 sequence in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, yes, in which you have an overhead view, and yep. it, it's kind of like thermal, all you can see are white blobs, yep, and it's sort of implied that the white blobs are things that you want to hit, mm-hmm. it's like organic things, so just destroy it, yep. and so mm-hmm. you use the white phosphorus rain hellfire from above quite literally yeah and then you notice that there's a lot a lot of uh white blobs in a certain area of the map yep and so you might you know hey more things to blow up there's also there's also a um there's a humvee with a big machine gun shooting at you like right next to the white blobs as well so you're kind of like okay i have to shoot that humvee to get rid of it too yeah and you do and even if you if you even shoot that Humvee, I've done this before. I've seen this. It, oh yeah, it, it still happens. Yeah. There's a chain reaction. That white blobs is going no matter what at this point. Well, for those of you who do, don't know white phosphorus, white phosphorus is fucking awful. It spreads super mm-hmm. fucking quick. It burns like fucking nothing else. Like yeah, so yeah, no, it is horrible. White it phosphorus is, is fucking by scary. Convention, is, like three times is, over. Yeah, it's scary stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so and, and well, and then you think that, okay, that's definitely going to stop out this massive congregation that we have here of people. Yep. And then a- afterwards, the fighting's over. You've raised the earth. It is just. Yes. And then the game forces you to walk through the wreckage you've created, yep. seeing all of these corpses, people still flailing around dying because they don't die yep. immediately from white phosphorus. Oh, no. It's fire. And then. <laughs> you come to what you you know come to understand was that giant mass of quote-unquote enemies 
And it turns out it was the entire <sighs> civilian population that the soldiers were trying to evacuate. Yep. You're walking through. So this is where you know that it's no longer like Call of Duty, because unlike the AC-130 mission in Call of Duty, like Scott said, it forces you to walk through it. And it's not, it's, it does not pull punches. People are fucked. There are people still on fire, like, you know, and like walking around. You can hear people burning. It's, it's like, oh my God, it's yeah. rough. Um, and then, yeah, you come up to the soldier <clears throat> or you come up to a soldier. I think maybe one that was got blown out of the Humvee that you shot or something. And he asks you why, and Walker's like, you brought this on yourselves. And he says his last words to you, we were helping, and he points over to where all the other blobs were. And you're, you're just like, what? And not only is Walker like, what? You, the player, you're like, what? Like, what do you mean? Because at this point, you know, it's still rough, but you're like, okay, you know, they're enemies, they're enemies, they're enemy soldiers. Like, it was, that was a fucked up thing we did, but it had to be done. <laughs> and then you walk, the game forces you. It, I mean, this is a cutscene, but I mean, it works because it's specifically with the camera angles. It also it then forces you to watch and look at the uh, burned bodies of all the civilians that were kept there. I believe it was what, 33, 34? I don't know the exact count. It's just, it's too many. A lot. It's too many. <laughs> it's 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 a lot. And unlike the other soldiers that were like they were burned, like the the ones that you see, they were burned, but they weren't like you know it's still pretty bad, but it wasn't anything like in comparison to what you see with the civilians. It's not. It was it was kind of like. You know, that's still pretty gross, but, you know, I can handle it. But then the civilians, because it was such a big explosion, and you saw it when you shot it. Like, it was, it went whoosh and just lit everything. Mm -hmm. They are just completely, like, I don't even know. Like, they're just completely burned. Their eyes are burned out. Their skin is, like, just, oh, my God. They're barely recognizable. Barely recognizable yeah. at that point. And there's a lot of them that are burned into the positions that they did in death and the positions are like uh sorry i'm like, like trying shivering. to like cover their faces <laughs> and their loved yeah. ones yeah and it's just fucking horrific and oh my god i've never put my controller down before <laughs> playing a game i put my controller down after seeing that in the in spec up the line i think i'm not even joking i probably i think i raised my hands to my mouth and like, covered my I, mouth like, Scott, what did i just I was, do i was about to say oh. i was i i played that on the pc and i did you know i didn't really have anything to put down but i there are there are two things in this there that i can think of where i have literally put my hands over my mouth and been like oh my fucking god i can't believe well either i did that or it's in relating to media it was Spec Ops The Line and the end of the Joker movie. Those are the only two times I've legitimately put my hands over my mouth and been like, oh my God, like that. Like where you go like this and it's like, holy mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. Um, but the difference between the Joker movie and Spec Ops is the Joker movie is a movie. You know, I have no involvement in that. Spec Ops, 
I did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Oh. Now that <laughs> I will say, in terms of the plot of the last, uh, sorry, the Spec Ops line. Yeah. Well, I'll bring that up in a bit. Uh, in terms of the plot of Spec Ops, that's like the really the. I would say only major horrified realization moment, but from there yeah. that it really alters your perception of the game. And it's gone from this, you know, heroic, typical, you know, otherwise typical imperialist American taking over the country, boys, yeah. type of game to a really solemn, really almost horrific look at guilt, at how the horrors of war just destroy so much. And by and the it, way, it's hard to continue at that point. Yeah. Like, and, the, sh- the shooting things, there's no fun in it almost anymore. No. It's like, and the thing oh. is, and I'll actually bring this up because The Last of Us Part 2, I'll, I'll say this. With The Last of Us Part 2, and this is the kind of the difference between Spec Ops and The Last of Us Part 2, that's also that I didn't even really think about. You know, as they keep portraying Ellie as more of a, more of a you know, like monster consumed by revenge, whatever, and maybe she gets more violent in cutscenes. She never gets more violent in gameplay, though. She's always the same. Mm-hmm. In Spec Ops The Line, after that moment, it might have started before, but definitely after the White Phosphorus moment, Walker becomes so much more violent in what he does. Like, Absolutely. there are takedowns, and in the pre- in before this happens, the takedown, like if an enemy's downed or whatever, Walker, I think, like maybe runs up to him and then just, just pops him in the head. And that's it. Like, very tactical, very like, okay, target down, yeah. move on. As the game progresses, it, he gets more and more brutal Where to a point where I think one of them is where he literally knee drops their neck and bashes their head in with the butt of his rifle. Just like mm-hmm. so fucking violent. And it's just like, oh my God, yeah. why would you? Well, his, his call outs as well. You start the yeah. game mm-hmm. and it'll be like, cover me, reloading. Very yeah. stoic, very typical yes. military macho uh-huh. man giving orders. Yeah as the game goes on he's just shouting just like just reloading fuck it reloading he's just shouting and swearing yeah where he's like kill that motherfucker and stuff like yeah. that and it's like oh my god <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah it but that's the real that's the crux of i think why the guilt in spec ops even though it's very kind of the tricks are similar to that of the last of us part two it works so much better because of that context shift because yes. it's not it is legitimately a horrified realization it's <laughs> yeah. not it's portrayed so just kind of blandly heroic at the start of course you know i'm just doing what i'm doing but then it makes you think generic at the start. but why were you doing what you were doing yeah why did you think that going into here with guns blazing was going to solve anything yeah why was shooting your first thought and i'm actually i'm saying these things the game basically says these things to you yeah. in loading screens after oh my that God. white phosphorus moment this the game this... stops giving you hints at loading screens and it <laughs> full-on tells you how many people have you killed today i okay this is this is something that i would never recommend really for any other game ever in spec of the line genuinely like after every mission go back to the main menu and load back in because the main menu changes, the uh, things on the loading screen changes. Uh, what else changes? Does anything else really change? Mm, that's mostly it. We talked about like voice lines and stuff, but yeah, boy, yeah. In terms of like game trappings, yeah, like, things you would but, normally just take for granted. Those change. The game is so deep on its themes and what it wants to tell you that literally, as you progress in the game, 
the title screen changes where in the beginning it's an American flag flying really proud and whatnot, you know, like America and it's playing the, the, the burr over the loudspeakers. And as the game progresses, the flag gets lower, lower, more beat up, more torn up, more like shot with bullets. Like the background gets more and more fucked and destroyed and all that other kind of stuff until uh, I think at the very, very end, because I think before you beat the game, like it's pretty much just completely gone and like destroyed. Um, but mm-hmm. at the end of the game, like after you beat it and you come to the final loading screen, which you see because it sends you back to the main menu, it, the flag is upside down. It's completely torn up and <clears throat> it's really somber. Like mm-hmm. you finished it, but it's and for anyone who doesn't know, American flag upside down is like means like fucked, like horrible, like <laughs> like this mm-hmm. something has gone horrendously wrong um, because you never fly the flag upside down ever. So. Mm-hmm. But that's what that means. Uh, and then, yeah, the loading screens, yeah. In the beginning, the very typical, like, uh, tactical use uh, Sergeant Adams to uh, pin an enemy and blah, 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 pit X to reload. And after the white phosphorus scene, they just, they become so much more meta because they're not asking Captain Walker how many people he's killed today. They're asking you. They're like, how many Americans? Ha-? They literally, one of the loading screens is, how many Americans have you killed today? That's, that's what it asks you. And when you first read that for the first time, you're just like, I t- <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> now, I will say, I will say, I, I, yes. I love the loading screen bits. I love that detail. I do too. But that messages like that, that are so explicit like that, that's where I think it starts to push it a bit. Because yeah. that makes me think, <laughs> it makes me think, you know, how many Americans have I killed today? And then I'm sitting here like, <sighs> besides the basement. No, I'm like, I haven't killed any at all. Like I didn't kill anyone. It was the game. And yeah. So there's that little bit of disconnect, but But I think that it kind of can, it lends itself actually to why spec ops works so well and how (laughs) it really confronts the idea of the game and your, as a player expectations of a game, like when the call of duty AC 130 mission. There's no aftermath. There's like the yeah. the point of getting in the AC 130 and just blowing <laughs> things up is because it's just a bit of variety. It's just part of the game. You know, there's no aftermath to worry about. There's not you know you're not destroying houses or anything. Don't think about yeah. it too much. Yeah. And so you go into the white phosphorus scene, thinking something probably very similar. Like oh, we're just doing a little bit of variety, something like that. You're not really thinking anything <sighs> of it. But yeah. then that's spec ops. That's how it twisted on you. Like you thought like this was just some random game getting like variety or something like that. You thought like this was just what, how dare you? How dare you? And that's where <sighs> I think it really shines. Like really yeah. confronting the idea of what did you expect from a game? Like, did you expect this to just be all happy fancy? You're killing people. This yeah. game's about killing people. You thought that was fun. Yeah, this. Okay. I'm gonna, I was going to save this for the end, but I'm going to say it right now because it's going to keep coming up in what we're saying. A huge, and I think the biggest main difference between Spec Ops The Line and things like The Last of Us Part Two, or honest to God, just a lot of games that try and do this, in things like The Last of Us Part Two, they want you to feel guilty, but they also want you to complete their game and finish the story. Spec mm-hmm. Ops The Line, and this is also, like, I understand what you say about the loading screens, but from my perspective, this is why I love the loading screens. Spec Ops The Line wants you to stop playing their game. They want you to stop playing it. That is the solution to what they are asking you. 
their whole thing of how many Americans did you kill today? Like, you know, what are you doing? What do you actually expect? Their goal is to get you to stop playing their game. And that is an actual theme in the game. Because, mm-hmm. uh, well, it comes up more at the end, but just to put it out there and to have it in your brains, the goal of this game is to get you to stop playing it. And I love that. Some people may be like, and I understand why they would say it's like, oh, why would they want you to stop playing the game? That's stupid. That's, you know, bad game design. Like they're trying to manipulate you into stop playing it. And I can see where they're coming from, but it's just so well crafted and put together. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's true. Like the solution, I think this is even one of the loading screens where it's just saying like, if you just hadn't started this, we wouldn't be in this situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't do the one yep. I'm doing. Yep. But and then it it just it burns in your mind because you <laughs> you at this point you just need closure. You need to see what is Conrad still out there, what's he done? Yeah. Know? And then you're kind of in there almost dueling with Walker. Is that's his sort of motivation. Like it has to be he has to be there. This has to have some resolution. And I think it's just it's it's hard to. Like I yeah. had that same exact thought mm-hmm. playing it for the first time. I'm like, I don't know if I, I'm causing more problems by being yeah. here. But uh, I will also say something else that I appreciate too, that I think really also helps with that in wanting resolution is after the white phosphorus scene, the game really, really stops trying to make you sympathize with Walker. Like you really mm-hmm. start to feel disconnected from him. And even though yes, like the game is having Walker do these things. It's still you that's pushing forward with Walker and mm-hmm. seeing Walker do all these things. And it's like, I no longer, like, again, I want to push forward, but in pushing forward, I'm allowing this character who has become just so much of a violent, like just sociopath. I'm allowing him to keep doing what he's doing and do this horrible shit. Because by the way, the horrible shit really doesn't slow down after this point. It just, it just kind of just goes and just goes deeper yeah. and deeper and just keeps. Why are you still playing this? Stop it! <laughs> oh, accurate. Yes, <laughs> but it's definitely very much a an ebb and flow of the player player character relationship as you. Oh, Logan, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's it's only going to get worse, Logan. Why did you start? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but, you know, Walker's men get more and more wary about him and oh, more, yeah. like, detached from him. And you're right there with him. But you're also there with Walker because you need to just – it's a mess of things. And, yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just – it's just, the, the guilt works. The it guilt does, yeah. worked, and that's just the start and end of it. It made you feel guilty, and now it's kind yep. of on you. What do you do with it? Do you stop? Do you continue to try and find something to make up for it? And for me, it never felt like it was like it never felt like it was the game director trying to get me to be like, "Hey, you feel guilty. You feel this." It was the game's narrative being, and you know, the game itself being like this is what's happened so far. You can stop it. What are you going to do? It's weird because (laughs) in in many ways, the Spec Ops is less subtle about it than The Last of Us Part (laughs) 2. Yeah, oh yeah. Spec Ops tells you, you, how many people have you killed? (laughs) Idiot, stop. (laughs) But for some, it doesn't like come off as manipulative, maybe like taking advantage of a low moment, but not like manipulating (laughs) you in 
making you feel bad about that. It's just, it's taking existing feelings. It already made you feel bad. Yeah. You already succeeded like, in that. Amplifying it. I think it's because, and I'm just going to keep comparing it to Last of Us Part Two because that's like, again, the like most recent one that I can think of off the top of my head and the one that has like the most blatant problem of it is with Spec Ops The Line. It's very clear, or even though, yeah, it's very meta, and, you know, it's not being very subtle about what it's saying at all. You can't really refute the game. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. you can't say, I mean, yes, you can say it's a video game. It doesn't really matter. And sure, if that's how you want to think about it, that's absolutely fine. But that's not really mm -hmm. what the game is asking. It's saying, why are you doing this? Why are you having, like, why is this fun? Like, think about what you're actually doing. You're, like, horrific, horrifically murdering people and you're still going on why and it's more so not trying to it's kind of more so like a philo philosophical question that makes you think in the last of us part two they just want you to sympathize and feel guilty like oh hey look at these, these are the people that you killed they're not asking you to think about your actions or anything like that they're just thinking hey these people were people too and that's it like that's really the extent of it and it's just like it, it's mm -hmm. manipulation for the narrative's sake for you yeah. to buy into the narrative spec ops is like no why are you playing this game <laughs> yeah Ugh. spec ops is a depressing story it's oh my god but it's, it's all of its themes are stacked up yeah into that but in in many instances the last of us part two feels like it's a game that's being depressing just to make you depressed yeah instead of having components that i mean sure they're somewhat depressing components but I think you hit the nail on the head where it's it's deeper in spec ops. It's there's oh, introspection yeah. involved, yes. which is you know kind of a core part of guilt. Yeah. When the Last of Us Part Two was just kind of like shaking a newspaper at you for pissing <laughs> on the carpet, like bad yeah. dog, you did this piss. But here's the thing: it wasn't even my piss, Last of Us. You pissed on the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> it was you, yeah. Barry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the crux of it because. I will, I will admit, it's really hard to kind of put this into words because honest to God, they're very much doing like the same thing, but it, it really relies heavily on the execution of those things. And, it, well, mm -hmm. yeah, and I do agree, Spec Ops does go deeper. Like I, I, I think The Last of Us Part Two, and I, a huge problem with it is it's very surface level. Like you, yes. you really do not get deep into what you're doing. Spec Ops the line fucking fist you into the deep end and they they shove your head underwater and they're like you're not coming up for air until you drink like 10 gallons yeah <laughs> oh they they give the you the kool-aid and then they punch it in your mouth they're like no you don't like you <laughs> you drink that Kool -Aid. why'd you pick kool-aid <laughs> idiot child <laughs> uh but no, yeah i think that's the biggest is that yeah spec ops gets a lot more philosophical and not and, and again i'm not saying like spec ops is like the deepest thing ever but it does attempt to have that conversation with its player and get you to think about these things while the last of us is very much just like you did bad thing don't you yeah. feel bad <laughs> <laughs> well the the, la the spec ops has more like fractals where you can look at one part of the story and you can unpack it and you see it. It's like a microcosm of some bigger theme. Yeah. Like what yes. eventually, like eventually confronting Conrad, you can see in that scene, all of the themes that we've been talking about basically 
<clears throat> and more woven into that. But when you have The Last of Us Part Two, it, it doesn't really have those fractals. A character dying is just there because a character's dying. Yeah. Like it doesn't represent anything deeper in the story. <clears throat> yeah. It represents you make you feel sad. Yeah. Okay. Sad. And I think, okay, let's keep going. Let's push through Spec Ops, like the rest of it really quick, because we have to talk about the ending, because I think that's another huge difference between The Last of Us Part Two and Spec Ops in terms of the ending. Uh, so essentially after the white phosphorus thing things get more and more shitty um like it does not really hold back anymore uh it really kind of throws you into the deep end of just like the horrible shit that not even necessarily not just the horrible shit that you've done but also the horrible shit that's happened in this city like what's actually been happening like i'm pretty sure soon after that you come across uh, like a mass grave, I think, of battalion soldiers that were executed. It was either refugees or battalion soldiers. I cannot remember which one it is, but essentially it's like a giant, it was like a giant execution. <clears throat> so that's, that was fucked. Um, but then, uh, an- oh, sorry, another bad thing you freaking do is you help a CIA guy because you thought he was trying to help the civilians and like keep their water because you're in the desert. So water is very, very important. If you don't have water, you, nice. you will die. Um, and that has been a big thing that the damned 33rd and um, the CIA people and uh, who they're backing have been fighting over. And what ends up happening is you try and protect it. But what ends up happening is the CIA guy betraying you and he blows up the water. Like he blows it up. Like he destroys all of it. All in the name of, I don't know, keeping what happened to Dubai under wraps because the government would, you know, look bad if it came out that 33rd did all this shit in Dubai and, you know, things went this south and all this other kind of stuff. But when you think about it, you pretty much just doomed the city. Like everyone that's still surviving there will now, and I'm pretty sure someone mentions this or even the guy, uh, the CIA guy mentions this after it happens because he's pinned under a truck or something, uh, yeah, he's pinned under a truck. I don't remember if he tells you or if you just kind of realize this, that the whole city will now die in like three days, like pretty much. Like everyone's going to be dead because there's no water anymore. So you essentially just destroyed the city when your whole purpose <laughs> was to try and help people. You just fucked everyone by doing that. And he- or, you know, not maybe necessarily you, but you helped do it. Like part of that is on you. Um and then Walker can also make different choices. You can either let the CIA guy burn to death or you can shoot him and put him out of his misery. By the way, these choices have been happening throughout the entire game. Uh, even in the very beginning, you had the option to either, what was it? I think either save the CIA guy by shooting him or you can like save civilians, I think, right? Wasn't yeah, that, there's like, a the scenario very in which there are civilians held at gunpoint and the CIA yeah. agent held at gunpoint. And you can either go in one way to, I believe you can, it's kind of a choice between stealth and combat, but if you go through combat, you start right at the beginning where the civilians are. Yeah. Where stealthy run, you have to be very sneaky, snaky all your way through to the CIA guy. Basically, the choice is civilians or the CIA guy. If you choose one, the other dies. There's no way to save them both. There is a way to kill them both. I don't know if you knew that. You can you can lose both of them. <laughs> I thought that was just what happened anyway. I forgot that that uh 
No, you can choose and then you like uh, Gould. Um, you can have, the whole the whole thing with Gould too is if you save him and he'll he'll run away and then he'll like repel away. The other thing too is the game doesn't tell you that you have to make this choice, but when Gould is actually going to repel away, you can shoot him and he dies, and the game's just and that's your choice. Like it never tells you you have to make that choice. You can it's let true. him go or you can shoot him. You can. It, All the choices happen in the context of gameplay. It does. There's and no they, mash square to continue. They also revolve around. There's usually a third option too, which is like strange because it's completely up to you what you do. Like there's a scene with there's where there's two snipers and they're pointing the guns at two people. And essentially uh, they're like, okay, you either need to shoot one guy or shoot the other because they're both criminals and uh something or other like they both did bad things but you understand why they did them so you have to choose otherwise you're going to get shot you can actually start shooting at the snipers but it's impossible to kill all of them before they gun down the two people that are hanging so if you start shooting the snipers you kill they both die and it's like (sighs) the thing about spec ops the line every choice you make there is no good choice there is no right choice. It is just the choice that you make in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely so reflected as, by the ending. So. Yes. Um, as uh, further you go along, uh, sorry, I'm going to try and like bam, 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 bam through the story real quick because we need to get to the ending and I'm, I'll try and hit the parts. So you come to where you think Walker is, you find a radio and then you hear, or sorry, not Walker, Conrad, my bad. So the guy you're looking for, you find a radio and you're talking and this is after the phosphorus scene. All this is after the phosphorus scene. I'm sorry if this is a little out of order. My memory is a little bit. Um, so you go there, you find some dead people, <clears throat> you find a radio and all of a sudden Conrad comes with a radio and starts talking to you. And he's like, I'm and then basically Walker's like, all of this is uh, Conrad's fault. Like he's the one that's been doing this. He's the bad guy. And then your whole mission becomes finding Conrad. And I, I, I don't know if your mission specifically is to kill Conrad, but you're definitely going to find him and, I don't know, stop him or something like that. And that becomes find your him. focus. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. That becomes your focus. And Conrad keeps talking to you over the radio. He's actually the one that talks that uh, the sniper scene I just described. He's the one that says that uh, because he's the kind of one that keeps giving you these choices. Um, uh, it was that, and then I think the water thing happens afterwards. Am I missing a? Am I missing a choice? No, nope, you're you're right. You keep going. Yeah. So then the water thing happens, and then after the water thing happens is one of the I think unless I'm missing something in between, uh, you get oh right. There's a radio tower. You go to the radio tower and you contact. Sorry, in the beginning of the game, you're supposed to just check out the. You're supposed to radio command. Um, but when you get inside the city, like your comms don't work outside because of the dust storm or something or other. So you go to this radio tower, uh, where this guy who's been taunting you this whole time is to use it to signal out, to command, to tell them to come in. Things are fucked. You need to get in here. Uh, all that kind of stuff. There's a whole thing with the radio guy and like, and I think Lugo fucking guns him down in cold blood because, you know, (laughs) they've been through a lot. Um, (laughs) Uh, you end up destroying the radio tower in a helicopter, but then your helicopter crashes. Um, you're separated from your squad mates for a bit. Uh, I think you find you find Adams out in like 
a literal sea of sand, like where there's boats and shit. You find him, you have some like hallucinations of like, <laughs> like fucking hell and shit. And it's, it's, it's like, oh my God. Uh, because <clears throat> I think you figure out that Conrad is in like the tower, like the big, I don't remember what it's called in Dubai, but like this big tower in Dubai that's still up. And there's keeps flashing imagery of that tower being like the fucking spiral of hell or something. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so basically you find Adams and you go to find Lugo. And here's like the other like big, big thing in the game. Again, if you're, if you're here, I swear to God. <laughs> if you're here, you haven't played this game and you've ignored us. <laughs> Caleb can breathe, breathe. You're taking too long. Here's go other, on. Go, go. Yeah, sorry. Go, here's, go, go. The other, here's the other big one. You come across um, a bunch of civilians, because this is already you destroyed the water. So the civilians fucking hate you. Like, everyone hates you because you blew up the water. You come across, uh, or you hear Lugo over the radio, and he's talking. He's like, hey, you know, get off me. And you're like, ah, fuck, what the fuck's going on? And you finally get over to him, and it's like in a civilian refugee camp, and they've hung Lugo. He's hanging there. He's still alive. He's, like, choking. And there's a crowd of civilians like, you know, cheering like, yeah, fucking die or whatever. And Walker, so Walker and uh, Adams shoot him down and you go over there and you, you're trying to re uh, resuscitate Lugo because he's not breathing after you shoot him down. <clears throat> you shoot the rope. Sorry, not, <laughs> not him. You shoot the rope. Um, and Adams, while Adams is trying to hold back the angry crowd, you know, with like his gun and he's saying like, uh, I think he's actually, he's like asking for permission to shoot them. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's what he's asking. Yes. Um, and you try to resuscitate Lugo while this is happening. You can't, Lugo is dead. Lugo, he's gone. He's dead. And then, <laughs> then you have a fucking choice. You stand up and you turn and Walker turns around to the crowd, gun in hand. And then the game is like, do what you want. It says, the game says, disperse the crowd. It does not say what to do. It just says, disperse the crowd. And they're getting angry and angry and like throwing shit at you. And so you have to do something. So you have one of two options. You can either like shoot in the air to scare them off. Um, I, I think you have three options. Can you walk through them? Can you just like push your way recall. through them? I don't remember either. I can't recall. I can't recall either. But you can either shoot the air to scare them off or... Guess what your other option is? You can fucking mow them down. You can shoot the crowd down. And Adams also opens fire with you. So he's not, he, it's not like he's like, what are you doing, Walker? He's like, no, you, you know, you killed my friend. He's fucking, Adams is fucking angry because, you know, despite them, you know, slowly spiraling, you know, there's still a squad in, in the military. You know, you're like a band of brothers, all that other kind of jazz. So if you shoot them, Adams does not have any qualms with it. He will also shoot them. Uh, but he follows your lead. Like, if you, shoot, if you shoot in the air, he will also shoot in the air. Like, he just won't start mowing down civilians. They, it, the, the game goes off of what you do. And then you move on. That's the thing. The game is never, like, at this point anyway, the game is never, like, reflective on, like, what did you just do there? Because it's so far into the game where it's just like, you're just numb to violence at this point. And the game kind of portrays that when it when you just fucking mow down a group of civilians, even it, though they hung your friend, when you mow them down, the game's just like, all right, that's what you did. Cool. All right. Let's keep going. <laughs> like, 
is it really that more horrific than the shit you've seen before? Let's keep going. And you're going to have to think about that later. But at the moment, the game's just like, all right, that's your choice. Cool. <laughs> it doesn't beat you over no, the head with it. No, it really doesn't. Literally, if you shoot them, like, and that's it, then it just moves on. And it's just like, it just really fits with this theme of it's just gotten so bad at this point that mowing down a group of civilians is just another thing to do. And it's just like, all right, cool. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, so after that, I think you, with Adam's what, assault a compound, I think, of the damn You're 33rd. basically at the front door of yeah. where you want to be for Conrad. Yes. And so, and Conrad's still talking to you this whole time, by the way, like throughout this whole thing. Uh, you fight through him. You have some more hallucinations. There's one of Lugo. Uh, and there, there's another one, which, which I think is a very, very cool scene where you're by yourself and you're fighting a heavy. And the lights are flashing and sometimes when you shoot the heavy, it actually turns out that you're shooting like a mannequin or something. And it's just great. Like Walker is just, again, becoming more and more like, he's just hallucinating more and more and very, very clearly just losing it. And there's just more and more of those moments as the game goes on. And it's just great to establish. Like he is, he's gone, man. Like he's, he's fucked. Like it's, it's not good at all. Um, what ends up happening is you get to uh, you get to like some bunker or whatever, or not a bunker, but you get to a certain point in the compound and the 33rd has you surrounded and uh, they're telling you, you know, put your weapons down, blah, 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 blah. And Walker does it because all Walker cares about is getting to Conrad. And he's like, this is the only way to get to Conrad. And Adams is like, no, fuck you. I'm dying here. Like I like Adams does not care anymore. He's he, he's also just. He's just broken. He's just like, I don't care. Like, and he's like, you piece of shit. You're giving up now. So what happens is he pushes you over the edge uh, of this bunker. And he's like, you want to live? Fucking live. Run. And then uh, I, I, you never know what happens to Adams. You, he probably dies, I assume. But you never it's know. Implied. It's implied. Yeah. Uh, but you run across a bridge. I think you get knocked off. I don't know. You somehow pretty much Adam tells you to fuck yourself. Keep living. You piece of shit. And then he, I assume, dies shooting at the 33rd because he does not care anymore. He's just like, I'm done. Uh, and then you like wash up, like or you somehow end up, I don't remember how, you somehow end up right pretty much. You make it where you want to be. Yeah, you make it to the tower, like the base of the tower. And you're walking up there and you're like, you know, you're like getting ready for a fight or something. Or maybe you have a pistol or maybe you don't, you don't but you walk up, you get in the tower. And there's like a row of like five guys or whatever, like right in front of the elevator and they all salute you. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And Walker's also like, what is going on? And they're like, this is the last of the 33rd, sir. Like the tower is yours or whatever. So another subtle way of the game showing you like this is all that's left how many people did you kill that there's literally like 10 guys left and that's assuming that those guys are even real by the way because <laughs> walker again walker's been hallucinating this whole time you go up the tower get to conrad's place or his room whatever he's like at the very top and you walk through his area he's kind of talking to you telling you you know like oh you know what you've done, all this other kind of stuff, or, you know, come talk. Like we need to, we need to have a conversation essentially. 
So you go up to you go up to Conrad, and the first thing you find of him, he's actually he's, he's painting. He's like a little he's like a little Bob Ross. <laughs> he's painting. And when you walk up to him, he's like, "Ah, it's finished." And he turns around to you, and he's like, "What do you think?" And you look at the painting. And it's a fucking painting of the white phosphorus civilians that happened was you know the inciting moment it was a painting of that and essentially at this point uh or yeah he says you know he kind of confronts you on it he's like your orders killed 34 civilians or he tells you know the exact number or whatever like that but conrad conrad fuck walker's still like no it was your fault like you did this all that other kind of jazz and he's just like if you say so and he walks around the painting all right so he walks around the painting because there's like a balcony and then you walk around the painting and he's gone. You're just like, what the fuck? But you see someone sitting on a chair and you're like, okay, maybe he just walked really fast over to the chair. Like, you know, it's a bit weird that maybe he did that, but okay, there's clearly somebody sitting over there. And you walk over to him, you walk over to him. But even before Walker notices something is wrong, you as the player notice something is wrong. Because there's a pistol <laughs> lying on the ground <laughs> next to the guy. And his hand's like dangling down. He's like slumped over in his chair. And you're just like, oh, fuck. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) And so Walker walks up to the chair, spins the chair around. Lo and behold, it's Conrad. And he's dead. He's been dead this entire time. And you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) And then the Conrad that you talked to that was painting steps out from behind you and is like, it looks like the reports of my survival were greatly exaggerated. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And essentially, Conrad, and I wish I could remember all of it because honest to God, Conrad's speech at the end of Spec Ops, is, I just, it's so good. I love it so much. It just ties everything back together. It's just, it's so fucking good. Uh, but essentially, he's like, you we're never supposed to be here. And it flashes back to the literal beginning opening of the game where Walker says our mission is to go in there, get a little recon and then walk back outside, you know, beyond the dust wall and radio command to get the cavalry to come in here. And he essentially says, that was your mission. That is what you were supposed to do. But no, you wanted to be a hero. You wanted to be something you're not. So you kept pushing forward. You kept going all the horrific shit you do, it didn't stop you. You kept going. And you could have stopped at any time. At any time you could have stopped, but you kept going. And the fucking great thing about that speech is, yes, he's talking to Walker, but he's also talking to you. He's talking to you, the player. And that's, it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's me. It's like in the rear window when the guy finally oh. looks into the camera. He's like, I'm not looking at the main character. I'm looking at you. Yeah. But it all I, comes and, crashing and again, I am not again. doing this justice. Conrad, honest to God, I don't know about you, Scott, but Conrad's speech at the end of the game is honestly my favorite moment in Spec Ops because it's just, especially the first time you see it because it's just so, or hear it. It's just so just, mm, because it just, takes every decision you've made every like mistake that walker's done like everything and like this whole philosophical thing that we've been talking about this whole time that is where it really just reveals itself and he just really tells you like you know this is your fault 
all this other kind of stuff. It's just like, it takes everything that's been leading up to this moment and just encapsulates it in this single speech. It's great. You um, could almost take his words like to the player, to even a context just outside of the game. Like, why did you buy this game? Why did you pick up this game? Yeah. Because you wanted to play a game that made you feel cool, you know? You're you wanted like, hey, to be a, something you're not, nice. a hero. <laughs> yeah. And then you did all this horrific shit and you could have stopped, but you didn't. You kept going and as he's asking you know like mm-hmm. why did you keep going um and it and there are points where um one of my favorite points ever is when he's giving the speech you know it's a cut scene they give him the speech at one point it flashes away or essentially he's like uh <clears throat> it, sorry it also flashes back to some moments where you thought you were talking to conrad but it actually shows the context for those scenes because conrad tells you after you white phosphorus the civilians because in that scene uh the sound goes like uh what do you call it not white goes like uh deaf kind of when walker's looking at a body yeah Yeah, muted in a way when walker's looking at a body and you can see lugo and adams arguing in the background but you can't hear what they're saying and it finally shows you what they're saying and it's you know so like he turned us into like fucking murderers like we're killers now you know like not like we weren't fighting an enemy like things like that and it shows you context for all the different scenes for um, when you thought Conrad was talking to you and he wasn't. It was just Walker being a fucking nutcase and showing your teammates reactions to it because that's why they were kind of, you know, like wary of you, not because you're becoming more violent, but also because you were just becoming literally more and more insane. And it's just like, oh my gosh. So uh, then he also shows you everything that you've chosen throughout the game like all the choices like shooting the cia guy or letting him burn or uh I, there's a there's a bunch of choices that it shows that you did um and he basically says you couldn't handle it you couldn't handle the monster that you were so you pinned it on me a dead man you pushed your responsibility off of yourself and you put it on me uh and uh so the final choice of the game well i guess the final biggest choice because there is a couple of other choices like there is an epilogue final choice of the game is walker picks up a pistol and it cuts to like a mirror scene where conrad points he points a gun at you you know the fake vision of conrad but he points a gun at you and he says okay on five i'm pulling the trigger and this whole countdown is fucking great. It doesn't let you like pull the trigger until three, I think, because it really wants to like make it hard for you. <laughs> um, but essentially, it kind of really reveals what uh, Walker's been going through, and it kind of really puts into perspective. And he's just like, there are two ways this ends. I either shoot you or you shoot me. And that's your choice. You either deny what is in front of you and you shoot me and you put the responsibility of everything that you've done onto me and you push that off or I shoot you and you accept responsibility. And if you accept responsibility, Walker actually, because you can actually shoot yourself in that scene. Like it doesn't have to be Conrad, but if Conrad shoots you, it's not actually Conrad shooting you. It's just Walker shooting himself. And that's like accepting it and he couldn't handle it. So Walker literally kills himself. That's one of the endings to the frigging game. The other one is you shoot Conrad and he's just like, you know, 
takes a strong man to deny what's right in front of him. Like, you know, everything you've done, you still have a chance to go home. Like, you know, like not really hopeful, but he's just like, you made this choice. You still have a chance to get out of here. If that's your choice. Like, don't, don't be, <laughs> I think he literally says something like, don't be too hard on yourself or something like that. Um, so that's the <laughs> those endings of the game. And then there's an epilogue where Walker is wearing their, like the Humvees from the patrol because you did radio the cavalry. They roll up. They roll up to Dubai. Like they finally get in. And Walker is sitting on the steps or whatever. And he ha- he's wearing, he- his face is like, because also Walker's throughout the game, you've been taking a lot more damage and he's, he's just fucked. Like he looks awful. He's also wearing Conrad's jacket. And he's got a fucking AA-12, which is a big shotgun. <laughs> and they roll up and they're like, hey, that's, you know, that's Captain Walker. Like, he looks shell-shocked. And what they, what these soldiers try and do is they try and, you know, approach you, like, you know, give them a minute. Like, sir, we need you to, like, you know, come with us. Put down the gun. We're here to take you out of here. You know, we're, you know, they're not, they're not the 33rd. They're like other American soldiers that have come in. Um and you have three, and there's three ways that this ends, I'm fairly certain. One, you start shooting the soldiers, and they shoot back. And if you die, you're dead. You're gone. And that's how the game ends, is Walker dead. Uh, you shoot the soldiers and kill all of them. And you say um, what Walker said to you, or sorry, what Conrad said, or I think it might have been the fake Con, what fake Conrad said to you, like one of the first times you talk to him, he's a gentleman, welcome to Dubai. And he walks back in and it's like, okay, cool. I guess Walker's just staying in Dubai. That's fucking awful. I live here now. Yeah. And the third option is you actually give them their gun or you give them the gun. Like you're just like, you, you stop. Like no more violence. And you give them the gun and they put you in the Humvee and they start driving out. And they're like, you know, the soldier like, we were driving through here looking for you, Captain. We saw some like horrible shit. Like, how'd you survive this? And Walker just looks at him and just says, who says I did? And then the game cuts out. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> well, not even cuts out. I believe it fades to white. It fades to white, yes. Which is significant because yeah. it's either fade to white or fade to black. I really wish it's I fade to white. It's fade to white okay. if you're so throughout well, the game. There's a distinction yeah. between fading to white and fading to black. If it fades yeah. to black, the gats the game signal that this actually happens. But the yeah. game has been using fade to white for its hallucinations and things yes. that don't happen. Because also in the beginning of the game, you actually don't start out on the uh, immediately like walking into the city. You actually start out in the helicopter chase scene and you're shooting. And that fades to white and it cuts to the beginning of the game. Actually, when you restart, there's a lot of theories about this game because when you start that helicopter scene again, like from where it started in the beginning, Walker actually says, wait a minute, we've done this before. And your men are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. And there's a lot of theories that the game starts out like that because they actually died in that helicopter crash and it's actually Walker just reliving everything in hell. And like, that's like, there's a theory that Walker is in hell and he's just repeating 
this horrible shit that he went through and like for like punishment for what he did. There's a whole bunch of conspiracy, not conspiracy. There's a bunch of theories about this game that are like pretty, pretty good. <laughs> but uh, even if it didn't, even if, even if that's implied and not to be real, even if it technically is real, because I actually think that's my favorite ending because sure he gets out of Dubai. He's never going to be the same again. He's never, he, him saying who said I survived it like for all the shit that he's been through like I, I think that's honestly the most horribly depressing of them all because at least in the other two Walker either dies or he stays in Dubai and you know he's just a crazy man that probably eventually will get rooted out who knows but he's dead in every other single ending Walker is essentially dead but in that one where he gives up the gun and you know like gives it back to him and you know is driving out of the city he's never going to be the same person again he has to live with that for the rest of his life and who he i'm going to be totally honest with that much with that amount of trauma it would be very unsurprising to me if he very if he fucking took his own life after he got back to civilian life like that's that's horrible like that's honestly the most depressing thing ever because he either has to live with it or kill himself which he fucking did in every other single fucking ending anyway so it's like jesus christ there's no happy ending for walker and it just it just solidifies it just solidifies the theme of this game and it's just great it's i yeah At the heart of Spec Ops The Line is guilt, in a way. Yes, yep. And the way that that manifests and is explored, specifically through the player's involvement in the story, gives the moments that need the impact more than enough impact. Oh, yeah. But that's not really what happens in other games, such as The Last of Us Part Two, which is kind of, it's become a sort of direct comparison this has. yes. In which because, the guilt yeah. is, I wouldn't, maybe not incidental, but the way that the guilt <clears throat> is woven into the story is more, less to the narrative's own benefit. It's yeah. more just to prompt emotional response rather than create and craft a narrative designed around an emotion. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, we... <laughs> <laughs> we were we were going to talk about other games, but honest to God, I don't think we need to. I want to be super honest. Because I don't, like, I think The Last of Us Part, I, I think this comparison, honestly, really just solidified, like, you know, we could talk about other games, but we're, I think we're just going to be really repeating ourselves, but to just like a less of an extent, if you know what I mean. Like, these are two very extreme examples that clash very like easily together i don't know mm-hmm. do we have anything else to say on spec ups the line besides what we've kind of already said and explained I mean, we talked about it a lot and i don't mind yeah. that i fucking love spec ops i i could talk i wrote uh not a thesis i wrote i don't remember what it was for something in college i actually wrote a paper on spec ops the line because <laughs> i love it so much uh whoa what the hell was that for I also wrote a paper about Spec Ops. <laughs> uh, but yeah, God, I can't. It, yeah. it has this. It has this. This depth, and that depth isn't, you know, disregarding <sighs> the player. 
No, this is at the end of the end of the day, the game. And that's the, the power that these games have that, you know, the, these games are telling us to do things. Both of these games tell us to do things. Yep. And there is capacity for those games to actually make you feel genuine guilt yeah. for something that is at the end of the day, you back up. Yeah, it is just a game. Yep. It is just media. It's fiction. You know, you you specifically haven't killed many Americans. Well, hopefully you haven't killed you haven't many killed Americans any. today. <laughs> Not even just I Americans, but anyone in general. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, th- there's there's power here for those games to actually make you feel bad yeah. about these things. <laughs> and But there's a way to do it. Yes. And this is very provably proven now. Yeah. And, you know, there, and this is something that I almost part of me hopes that we continue to explore just in gaming in general, really yeah. probing at this gap between the game and the game is this sort of apparatus and the game is this <clears throat> immersive tool that can make you feel these things. But yeah. then the other part of me says, I actually don't know if I want that because I'm going to feel really bad now a lot. <laughs> I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I feel I'm, really bad more now. We already spoiled everything, but if you're still here and you haven't fucking, you haven't played Spec Ops and you have the ability to, if you don't have the ability to, I suppose I will let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, shit, where was I going with that? Right. Sorry. I just remembered. Yes, I just remembered. Spec Ops The Line is not a fun game. It is a good game. It's a great game, even. It is not fun. I will say that. The thing that keeps you in, just kind of like how The Last of Us Part 1 is not a fun game. It is a very uh, very, uh, compelling narrative that keeps you enticed the whole time. Just how, like, Joker is not a fun movie, (laughs) but the narrative keeps you or at least for me anyway it keeps me involved with the story where i want to see the end of it it's the same thing with spec ops spec ops does a fantastic job of using its narrative to pull you in and want you to complete the game even though it is so goddamn depressing <laughs> and it also wants you to stop playing its game but it's so good at making you want to feel like i need to finish this i have to damn the consequences i have to finish it it's so good at doing that that it's just like mm. it's just like mm. it, it is an experience i wouldn't call it fun i would call it an experience <laughs> yeah we have we have Ugh. over the past i'd say a decade or so but this has been in traces i'd say since probably the 2000s you can see echoes of this in games like silent hill 2 that are very adult games yeah, but we've sort of. Oh yeah, and, and I mean, you could really branch this out, I guess, to the horror in general. But we've entered a sort of era of games in which not being fun is becoming a legitimate option. Yeah, I mean, like that's I guess horror games. You know, horror games aren't exactly fun. They're scary. That's why you yeah. like people. But fun, that. but scary can still be the... fun. You know what I mean? Scary is yeah. not necessarily depressing. Spec yeah. Ops is fucking depressing. Yeah. Like well, Halo the, Reach. Yeah. Hey, I really love Halo Reach. Halo Reach is a fucking depressing game, though. It's depressing. <laughs> yeah. Not not like Spec Ops. Like, Spec Ops is obviously more deep, but it's along the same lines where, like, Halo Reach is probably my favorite Halo game, but, like, it the, the story is not something I would call fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's... And it's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah. 
it's interesting to see Ugh. how these games approach this idea of knowing that they're not going to be fun, but they're still engaging. Yeah. And it's almost a kind of a shame that these, these games that do these incredible oh things God. like spec ops, they because fly so far maybe it's the because radar. they yeah. fly under the radar and yeah. I, you know what? It's Such understandable because you know, that which gains the most acclaim and widespread <clears throat> attention isn't going to be, the best it's going to yeah. be the least objectionable yeah people yeah. like it they're gonna and these games aren't fun by design <laughs> games like spec ops yeah and so it's always going to be an uphill battle yep but they showcase i think one of the most potent aspects of gaming and i do hope that we just don't let them sit under the radar if oh, there's God. anything that i could say about last of us part 2 is that at least it's trying to be in that same vein yeah and bringing attention to that style of we know it's not fun that's not the point yeah but Except- there's also <laughs> ways to do it better which hopefully you know as gaming goes on and more creatives you know born in gaming start to get their hands on gaming we start to get more experimental in that style I will say, though, if you make a game and your intention is not for it to be fun, you can't be surprised when people don't find your game fun. And you have to like make a Mr. point. Mr. Neil Druckmann. <laughs> yeah. He made a whole thing about, oh, this game isn't supposed to be fun or, you know, you're, you're, I'm not, you're not supposed to like the game. And then when the game came out, nobody or not nobody, but when people didn't like it, he was just like, oh, well, why didn't you like it? You're just haters. It's like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? You yeah. can't have your cake and eat it, too. You have to be mm-hmm. like, this is our objective. So it's also not an anti-criticism shield. Oh yeah. Like yeah. There's doing there is doing it right and doing it wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Which we might will... have touched on a little bit, but we could talk for another hour if you want to delve into it even deeper. Oh my god. <laughs> do we? I don't think we want to subject people yeah. to that. Do we? I, I think I think we've dropped our mic. I think it would be unbecoming to pick it back up at this point. I think so as well. We don't want to be a last of us part two. Ah, no. fuck. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> if you want that's a, <laughs> that's a little inside joke for you people that watched up or listened up to some point in the previous Scott and Logan only podcast. Yeah, uh, hour one minute, 52 <laughs> second 39. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, no, honestly, we had a bunch of other, we're not a bunch. We had a couple of other uh, um, examples that we were going to talk about, but we're not going to <laughs> because I think we illustrated our point just very well with the last of part two and spec ops. Like, honest to God, every, like all the other examples that we came up with were a lot more muddled. So I think I don't, and I don't want to confuse anybody on what our thoughts are. So I think. I think we're just not going to talk about the other ones. I think I think we're yeah. good. <laughs> Maybe we'll bring it up in a later video or yes. video, podcast. We'll save it for another podcast. We will save it for something else. We will yeah. not use them right now. <laughs> yeah. And I do think there are good points to bring up with those games, but I agree. Let's keep things clear. And end yes. on a high note. Yes. Yes. Or medium. Uh, medium. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, as or high as medium, as- medium, medium low. As high of a high note that Spec Ops can end on, I'm not very high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. But yeah, so yeah, I think that's, I think we've, I think we've, I think we've beaten this to death pretty well. <laughs> 
think we've beaten it pretty thoroughly. I don't think it's going to be uh, trying to take our lunch money anytime soon. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think we're just going to not really any funny ha-has to end this on. So <laughs> it's not a Scott... funny ha topic. Fair, yeah. Fair, welcome uh, to the Scott Logan enough, podcast. We talk about depressing things. Yeah. <laughs> or review isn't it games. so cool that we can be depressed yes. by something that doesn't even matter? <laughs> That's art, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Okay. Well, if you made it this far, thank you for listening this far. Um, I hope you played Spec Ops The Line in between at some point hopefully i, I hope <laughs> if you We've didn't not, and you had the ability mad. to i'm coming for you um <laughs> um and if you didn't um or if you don't have the ability i would i would honest to god you don't have to watch the cutscenes, but there's plenty of videos out there that kind of if you really want to look into it and i suggest you do even if you can't i would honestly suggest there's a lot of videos out there that um talk about spec ups the line and why it's such a story so if you can't play it but you're interested in the story please go go watch some of those honestly i will shell out i will shell for spec ups the line as much as i want i don't give a shit it's my podcast i do what i want um <laughs> yes sir but yeah uh thank you for listening thank you scott for joining me um of i i i hope that we will have more people next week <laughs> can't turn into the scott and logan podcast because god damn it we will just get so depressed and just like god damn it um but yeah so yeah thanks for listening and we will talk at you next week and hopefully a more a a, i guess a the shorter format again with more people hopefully please please god (laughs) there's so much of this my heart can handle before i just like sit in bed for three days straight and do nothing uh <sighs> yeah, thanks for listening. We will talk with you next week. Goodbye. Da. Da. <laughs>